0: Let go! We might have that wonderful thing happen. Like a miracle. And when a man feels like creating, he'll just create. Happy New Year, everyone. It is indeed January 1st, 2021. It's in the morning. It's about uh, 9 a.m. or so. And uh, I very ambitiously got up at 5.30 in the morning that's when my wife got up and I had only had you know six hours of sleep or so had a nice big cup of coffee wrote in my journal and uh, then um, I just immediately crashed right there on the couch for two hours Mm. excuse me while I drink some more coffee and uh, so now it's like morning number two And I'm having some more coffee, had a second breakfast, and I'm feeling a little bit more rested than I did just a short while ago. So, yeah, I was writing in my journal, and for whatever reason, the subject of today's journal entry was uh, just kind of about my online presence and not because it's an important question because it's one that's been just needling me for so long it's like how do you if you want to how do you tie everything together and find like your quote-unquote niche this is if you're interested in uh, people actually listening to you if you're a podcaster or watching your youtube videos or reading your blogs if you're actually interested in people uh, consuming that content, see even just saying those words just makes me want to just uh, just say fuck this whole thing. I just <laughs> I can't uh, I just can't think in those terms, content and consuming and all that. But um, so I've I've done that just that very thing. I've just dismissed all of this as much as shit and been like, who cares? I'm just doing it strictly for the love of the creation. But yet the question still nags at me, and I can't tell if that's because it's something I need to actually put some sustained attention on or I'm just being conditioned to care about that because I myself consume so much content, quote, unquote. Um, so we're, you know, oh God. Almost a year, it seems, maybe 10 months, 11 months, I don't even know, into this pandemic. And of course, I've been hanging out at home a lot more and uh, definitely watching a shit ton of YouTube. That's been my, um, I'm going to just take sips of coffee in between speaking and not edit any of this out. Mm -mm -mm. Um, I've been just watching just a, a boatload of YouTube videos. And, um, you know, you do find little niches like the the niche and, you know, by your, you know, your recommended videos. But the niche that I'm I'm really into is like, you know, guitar gear, guitar pedal reviews, music, nerd stuff. Like when it comes to uh, how to do things with your studio, because I've been tweaking my studio just incessantly. Um, and also just buying whatever the fuck I want when I want it, um, within reason, of course. And, um, and I just keep tweaking things, but you know, every time you tweak something in the studio, you know, you have to know what you're doing with how to connect this to that. And, um, so I've learned so much from watching YouTube. It's weird to have all this information at your fingertips where there's these, you know, other people out in the world and they're trying to find their niche. They might just be just some doof working at the front desk of a you know guitar center, or doing their best to scrape together uh, guitar lessons or something on the side, like be a, a teacher in their local area, and then you know play in a band or something on the side, and or run a little small studio. But the possibilities are just so different now like you can just sit in your house if you you know I guess if, if you play the game you invest in a good camera and again you find your niche You, go, it's like th- there's so much conformity um, on YouTube it kind of disgusts me in a lot of ways like every thumbnail when I open the screen th- it's like they're all the same like everybody's took the same course into like how to get your YouTube video recommended or viewed, and they'll, you know, have some completely clickbaity, quasi misleading thing in the thumbnail with this surprised look on their face as they point to this guitar. And, like, this guitar changed my life, or, you know, just it's some bullshit premise to try to reel you in. And that, but in bottom line, it's just some dude sitting in his room, um, shooting shit about. Music and of course there are so many people doing this and then there becomes, you know, a community, I guess, of music YouTubers that they all get to know each other. Like last night, one of the guys I follow, Rick Beato, he is he's the real deal. I mean, this guy has been doing this shit his whole life and he's got so much knowledge, he's a great musician himself and he just he just knows everything and he's had a very successful channel and then I guess these people all network with each other they all go to conferences and they appear on each other's shows and so there there was this little live stream new year's eve live stream thing he did where he was just dialing in through zoom all these other guitar people it's funny because I knew them all it's like oh that's Pete Thorne that's this guy that's so-and-so and it's like they're all friends with each other And um, I guess there's still plenty of room for them to all be doing this and get whatever the goal is. I guess it's about money. It's about advertising dollars and views and all this. And there's still just enough people like me who are sitting around watching this shit where people can uh, make a living and dedicate so much of their time to this. Now, of course, I'm in a completely different situation. I'm not looking to make a living. I already have a job, um, and I plan on sticking with that job, you know, for a long time. And uh, so money, I'm not, I'm not driven by that. I have all the money I need. And even though we're in a pandemic and I'm, I'm in on winter break now from my job with the school, Even when I'm working, I still have plenty of time to do creative hobby stuff, which I do. And I've always, uh, yeah, this online thing, I mean, it started a really long time ago. It was like 2004, maybe. Somewhere in there, where the internet was young, and uh, I was playing in a band, and I had a creative streak I fancied myself as a sort of wannabe writer, and I had a, you know, when MySpace first came out, it was like this amazing thing, I mean, you could go on there and, and post your little song idea things, and your home demos, and then you'd find other people that were doing that, and you create this little small community, and it seemed like just such a small number of people knew what that was, and and then as time went on you just saw everything just explode you know facebook my everyone migrated over to facebook at some point and then everybody like in the world jumped onto that and it just became dog shit over time and i think it was about 2006 is when i started my own blog and that was the thing and i guess still is the mothership and uh, you know, I called it "head the gong." It's just a very idiosyncratic thing, but it, it, there was no niche there. I mean, the niche is just—it's just me. So whatever I'm interested in. So there's music on there, but then there was just writing, like regular blog posts, and me philosophizing and just doing whatever the hell I wanted. And the idea that I was gonna limit that to some sort of niche just seemed. Um, yeah, why? Why bother? But eventually the thing became monstrous. So I had sort of my musical creative interests and then I had uh, more academic interests in um, stuff like psychology and philosophy and Buddhism and meditation and all this. And so I had just a little tabs, you know, little pages for each main topic I was interested in. So you could go to Head the Gong and then hit the music tab and you'd see all the music and hit blog and you could read the blog. And there was a tab called Words and that was some of my, you know, long-term uh, writing that I thought, you know, might I could put together into a book or something at some point. And then there was this other thing and eventually I called it Integral Health Resources and there's a variety of reasons for that I mean I way back in another life I went to a small graduate school in San Francisco called the California Institute of Integral Studies I think I was there from like 93 to 98 so yeah I wasn't just in my 20s you know I'd moved to San Francisco to sort of discover myself, discover the world, and uh, there's a whole story behind how I discovered this little school, but it was an amazing time. I really got into uh, spirituality and meditation and all this coming from the perspective of just a hardcore rationalist atheist, which I basically still am, but um, anyway, so... I developed a ton of interest in this uh, strain of psychology that was more about self-discovery and spirituality and all this, and it was just this little tab on the website, and it just became this whole, whole portal where you'd click that tab, and it would be a 100 billion tabs inside of that one. And then... Of course this was way before I had the job I have now so there was back then the sense of what am I going to do to make money. And so I flirted over the years with you know trying to sell music and you know have uh PayPal donations and all this which was just obviously never going to work. Um and before I became a counselor I had worked in the mental health field for just a ton and ton, a ton of years but could never get anything other than you know entry-level jobs and I eventually thought I was going to become what's called an integrative health coach as some weird little niche where I could do other things and that didn't really work out um, so I eventually had that separate website integral health resources and then I had a very bifurcated online existence where I was who I my regular name which I was never comfortable it wasn't until uh, Facebook came out where I was sort of forced to use my actual name online and I was never comfortable with it and I'm still not comfortable with it Um, and I'm right to not be comfortable god damn the, I mean the vibe these days is like people try to go back and find shit you put online years ago and there's this insane, authoritarian, censorious culture that uh, is on the rise, and you can't just express yourself freely without worrying that some asshole is going to try to, you know, contact your employer, and even though you've done absolutely nothing wrong, your to, your employer might, for whatever reason. Uh, allow this asswipe to exercise power over your life in some way um, So yeah so that was that was a whole other thing but I, but I had you know my regular name on the integral health resources site and that was going to be sort of my professional thing um, you know as a mental health professional. And then the head to gong was just, still, just my creative outlet, and that went on for a long, long time. And then eventually, whatever I consume a lot of, I always, I guess, I just want to participate in it. This is maybe a, a natural, normal thing. So, blogs were the shit back in 2004, and uh, you know, I was reading a lot of them. I mean, I, maybe it started with. Uh, The whole creativity thing started with Henry Miller, Tropic of Capricorn. I'm just, I'd never been much of a, into book learning, you know what I'm saying? And I I never read, really, as a kid. And I read this book, and it just blew me away on a creative level. And then you start reading books like that that are all about the art of it and the, the creative process, and I just wanted to participate in it, so that's when I, you know, quote-unquote became a writer i was reading shit like henry miller and i always wanted to write shit like henry miller and so uh that's really what started the blog and then there's all these other awesome blogs like back in the early days you uh connect with them you have a little what's called a blog roll on the side of your blog and uh you'd have all these other cool people that were doing creative things and you'd link to their blogs and they'd link to yours and that became a little bit of a community there. But of course that eventually died down. And uh, yeah, so whatever I'm into, I want to participate in. And so eventually uh, podcasting became like a mainstream thing. Now I flirted with that way back but when podcasting was barely a thing, um, and my podcasts were fucking terrible, even worse than this, if you can imagine. Um, but it was fun. I really enjoyed it. And again, because I'm, I start listening to a lot of podcasts, so I'm spending a shitload of time listening to podcasts and getting value out of it. I just, again, that thing kicks in. It's like I want to get in on this thing too. So then I wanted to start podcasting and that led to this, well, how am I, what's, what am I going to call it? You know, cause then the bottom line is it's always just, uh, it's just me. There's no category. I looked at all the podcasting categories on Apple and they've got, you know, society and culture and technology and music. I mean, it's just nothing captures what I'm going for, which is, it's just me. I mean there's no category that says Bob, although, of course, I looked up Bobcast, and someone immediately took that as a concept, Um, but, uh, so yeah, so I started doing the podcasting, because I was listening to a lot, but then again, I was always this bifurcated, I had the Head the Gong podcast, and the Integral Health Resources podcast, so I'm going to talk about, you know, Philosophy and mental health shit. Then I would put it on the Integral Health Resources podcast. And if it's just free for all music, creativity stuff, I put it on the Head the Gong podcast. But it, you know, and it never, it was just annoying to do that over time. And then over the years, I've like brought everything back together on the website, just like the old days. I've added little things. Remember last year, I was even gonna start a third podcast called the Chamber Door because I was so exercised over all the shit that I was seeing online where, you know, all my friends that were left-leaning in the wake of, uh, you know, George Floyd and everything else that was going on over the summer, they would be expressing their opinions and views and reactions to the news, and I was so stunned by how dumb... Some of the shit I was hearing and seeing was just a total lack of critical thinking. And I was used to that, um, seeing that from my friends that were more on the right side of the political spectrum. You know, I mean, I would see what they were posting about, you know, their support for Donald Trump or their uh, fundamentalist religious views and things. And I would be like, oh my God, these people are, this, they can't think critically at all. Um, But I was really shocked to see the same thing from my NPR, listening, New York Times, reading friends. And uh, I just, it dawned on me that we've reached a point where um, everybody thinks they know what's, quote unquote, happening in the world. But really all they know is what they're fed, literally, literally. They have feeds, um, these social media feeds that are algorithmically constructed specifically uh, to drive engagement by um, feeding into people's pre-existing negativity biases and, and other things. You know, just the reaching into their emotional centers and and so whatever the thing is. That gets you going Whether it's Anytime you know There's something in the news That involves A downtrodden person uh, Or someone with brown skin Who's done wrong by Someone with light skin If that's the thing That gets you going Well You know We live in this age of information Where then every anecdotal Incident that involves That variable you know, a brown-skinned person being done wrong by a light-skinned person. You'll be fed that, and it will come with a narrative, and it will just drive you to believe more and more and more whatever you believe, and you think all that's happening in the world is that thing. Like, this is what this is what's happening on Earth right now. Brown-skinned people are being wronged by light-skinned people, because that's what you're being fed. And v- vice versa. I mean you can pick anything and whatever your thing is uh, say your thing is you're you're outraged about the lockdowns. this is like aimed at more a right leaning person. you're outraged about the lockdowns and um, you sorry, my computer just froze because I've been rambling so long. Um, You're outraged about the lockdowns. And you're just always looking for things that feed that, you know, Or and then you're, you know, you don't believe that Donald Trump really lost the election and you don't really believe that the pandemic is what it is, what it really is. It's just some conspiracy to get Trump out of office. And, you know, the vaccine is really, you know, not real either like you can just get into any conspiracy rabbit hole and when you look at that from the outside you're thinking oh my god this person's a complete moron but that's all they're getting fed and it just reinforces itself so they think when they're asked the question what is happening in the world well what's happening is what's hitting their feeds and it's all conspiracies and uh right leaning narratives constantly amplified and again there's always enough anecdotes out there to feed any narrative for instance now we're you know we have this vaccine rollout and i've noticed that every single case where there's an allergic reaction or some sort of bad reaction to the vaccine every case is being reported and reported widely why well it's all about this incentives and this business model of clicks. I mean, people out there that are producing media know that there's a sense of, oh, this vaccine came out pretty quick. We're a little bit worried about it. So there's enough people out there that are worried about the vaccine. And if you create a piece of media that has a clickbaity fear-based title about someone's bad reaction, it's going to be clicked on and when you have hundreds of millions of people taking a vaccine, you know, even even if the person say, you know, well, yesterday I read about some person that um, got the COVID virus after getting vaccinated. And the way the headline was written, you're thinking, oh, my God, the vaccine doesn't work. And of course, you want to read about it. But really, it's just, you know, they probably had COVID and were exposed to it, and then got the first dose of the vaccine after they were already exposed to it. And, of course, they ended up getting it. it. had nothing to do, most likely, with the vaccine not being effective. But the point is, in the information age, where everybody out there now is a media producer, potentially, everyone's got a cell phone with a camera, there's literally no end to the videos and the information nuggets out there to support anything literally anything so the narrative comes first and then the narrative is algorithmically driven to suck up these nodes of anecdotal information and then shove them into your feed and you consume them and you think you know what's quote-unquote happening and this applies to all of us myself included but you really don't know what's happening and so This was all just a long rambling way to say, this whole process is fascinating to me. Um, ver unbelievably fascinating. Like, how is it that people I love that have you know PhDs, MDs, I know that they can think critically, are, you know, reading books like uh, Robin DiAngelo's White Fragility and saying this is the most amazing book in the world? Where I look at that book and I think this is absolute dog shit I cannot believe anybody's taking this seriously it's such crap like how are we how are we arriving at that being of a difference and um you know the, the their sense of of the issue and mine are completely different because we both have totally different senses of quote-unquote what's happening and um and, you know, you've all probably seen this. I mean, there's not even a common set of facts that everybody can rely on. And we're getting insane with this shit now. Just look at, you know, people's social media feeds to the extent you can. Like, go on Facebook and look at someone's what somebody else sees all day long. And uh, it's just, yeah, it's it's literally amazing. So I got fascinated with all that shit. And so I was going to start a third podcast called The Chamber Door where I sort of went back and forth between these different points of view to try to figure this stuff out. Um, but I didn't do it, again, because of the... A, I mean, I'm, you know, it's just another... Uh, instead of being bifurcated, I'd be trifurcated. Um, and also because of that censorious atmosphere, like I said, you can't even uh i mean you can that's the thing like i have a sense that what's happening in quotes is that when anybody tries to talk about issues like race and um you know anything like that uh trans issues gender issues things that are like inherently fascinating uh it, 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 you if you don't just take an ideological stance that agrees with the mainstream of whatever uh, peer group you're swimming in. They just come after you and try to, you know, um, they just, there's that whole that cancel culture vibe. And um, again, my sense is that that's totally real and is happening. Whereas a lot of other people say that's a bunch of bullshit. That's not happening at all. Um, But my sense that it's happening is because that's what I'm getting fed. Like the internet, the algorithm figured out that I am deeply anti-authoritarian, which is true. And I'm deeply non-identitarian, which is true. And so when I see authoritative shit coming from the left and the right, I react I'm like, are you kidding me? Uh, You know, there's a story of some girl that didn't get into uh, the University of Tennessee or something like that. And she didn't get in because she, as a teenager, she said the N-word in a Snapchat video and apparently said it, you know, in the, not in a way that was aimed at a person, but just because she listens to mainstream hip-hop, which throws the word around constantly. So she just used the word, not in a mean-spirited way, and that somebody recorded that or saved that, held onto it for years. And when this girl tried to get into college, he sent that video to the college admissions thing as a way to say this is a garbage person that you shouldn't accept, and... The amazing thing, according to the story, is that the university went with that and didn't admit her because of it. And so that's just one of those, like, uh, you know, if if you're from the left, you're thinking that's just bullshit, Tucker Carlson craziness on college campus, this and that. I mean, overblown. But the algorithms figured out that I am especially sensitive to authoritarianism. And I used to be... Totally just aimed at the at the right when I was younger. People that were, uh, again, very religious ideologues, um, dogmatic types. People that were super patriotic. Like, if you don't stand for the national anthem, then I'm going to fucking come over there and punch you in the face. Very authoritarian, very ideological, very dogmatic. Um, and I would react super strongly to it. And still do when it comes from the quote-unquote right. But I'm reacting to it now when I see it coming from the left. And so I have a keen interest in stories like that. I've obviously been clicking on them. And so now my feed is just nothing but, or not nothing but, because I do try to make an effort to break out of this. But it's just a shit ton of stuff that makes me engage. And so my sense of what's happening is like that this is everywhere. And it may not be. So, I mean, I'm totally implicated in this process. But I find the meta process of what's going on, that each of us is living in an algorithm algorithmically constructed feed that presents the illusion of, quote, what's happening in the world and that we do things, we vote, we act, we post, quote-unquote, content ourselves, uh, assuming that this... Uh, this um, algorithmically constructed feed that is literally constructed of anecdotal nodes that create an illusion um, of of what's happening in the broader world, that we're just buying into it, and we're all going insane, like we can't even talk to each other we can't agree about what's happened and you know who won the election and what what's up what's down i mean it's it's getting crazy so it's it's a very fascinating thing and so anyway i was going to start a third podcast just devoted to that topic because yeah these are the things i'm interested in i'm interested in music creativity i'm interested in um psychology and spirituality and self-reflection and meditation, the nature of the self, consciousness. I am interested in critical thinking, ideas, that kind of stuff. So how do you... What's the niche there? I mean, there's no fucking niche, bro. I'm not going to have 17 different podcasts and 17 different websites. So I think... The entire point of my journal writing, trying to give some sustained attention to this question and the subsequent rambling podcast that you've just listened to, it's all been addressed to this question. Like, how am I going to repackage everything? And I think I just discovered once again, I'm just not going to. I'm just going to keep it as the Head the Gong podcast or the Green Desk Studios Presents. That's like my latest thing. That's supposed to be even a larger umbrella. Kind of like Green Desk Studios, which is basically this room that I'm in, presents the Head the Gong podcast. Green Desk Studios presents the chamber door. Green Desk Studios presents, and that everything I do is just under that umbrella. So that's a possibility. So I'm just going to keep it vague, man. And uh, I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing and be interested in what I'm interested in. And I'm not going to do any fucking bullshit thumbnails to try to get views, and I'm not going to promote this at all because I don't give a shit in the end. Uh, I have plenty of money, and if other people are interested in what I'm saying on the pod or what I'm writing or in my music and they reach out and say, hey, man, that's great, then I'll say, thanks, dude, and that'll be the end of it. And occasionally that happens, for the most part, uh, this just goes out into the ether, but as I've said, a million times, it's about doing it. There's something about writing that lets you know what you're thinking. It clarifies your thinking. Um, there's something about podcasting that's basically just the expression of language and you know, instead of writing, you're speaking. It's the same thing. I'm a lot more clear. So I had this question bouncing around this intention bouncing around oh what should I do about my online presence and now I've sat here and devoted however much time this has been and the only way I was going to really get to this point being settled was to think it through express myself and so that's what I did so there you go Um, musically like I said I've been tweaking the studio big time and I am going to continue to just throw musical things randomly into podcasts, and I've been putting out little YouTube videos. You can check out that if you're interested more in the music. That's uh, the primary focus there. But anyway, anyone that does listen and you stuck around this long, God bless you. And uh, I hope you're having a great new year. I hope everyone out there is safe, well, all that stuff. And uh, I'll be checking in with you again soon. Bye.